The technology behind the Formula E car of the Mercedes-Benz EQ Formula E team. An article published on the Daimler blog, written by Anne Fauser. At Mercedes, we're experts when it comes to motorsports. The Daimler Motorengesellschaft, short DMG, and Benz and CAE companies were among the participants in the first auto race in history, which was held in 1894 on a route between Paris and Rouen. We've participated in the Formula One races since 1954, and in 2019 we entered the ABB FIA Formula E Championship. Some might suppose that this isn't much of a challenge for us after 124 years of making motorsports history. But the fact is that Formula E is a completely new challenge, even for experienced colleagues. It's not just that instead of the hybrid power unit of our F1 car, From Mercedes-AMG Petronas Motorsports, our Formula E car has an all-electric drive system. That's only the beginning. This year and the next three years, all of the teams will be driving cars built on a uniform chassis, known as the Gen 2, though the motorsports team won't be allowed to alter the one component that they especially like to tinker with. The body, chassis, front suspension, tires, and 52-kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery which is equivalent to around 6,000 smartphone batteries of the Mercedes-Benz EQ Formula E team's new Formula E car look exactly the same as those of all the other Formula E cars. And then makes the technology behind our swift electric race car even more exciting. Franco Tiochetti is a seasoned veteran in this field. He worked in the DTM racing series for 15 years and all, and he's worked in the Formula E series for the past five years. First as a race engineer and later on as the head of technical operations. Today he's the head of Formula E track operations. The Formula E car has a very special look, so our Mercedes-Benz EQ Silver Era 01 does too. The car will look like this for the next three years, so we didn't want it appearance to be boring. Besides, we didn't want it to look too much like other Formula E cars. In other words... The Mercedes-Benz EQ Formula E team's car isn't the typical Formula car with adjustable spoilers at the front and the back, he explains. In fact, the Formula E car has no rear spoiler at all. Instead, there are two very striking smaller spoilers above the rear wheels. The front wheels are completely covered. Another striking feature is the extra-large diffuser in the rear, which really pulls the car down towards the road surface. The tires also differ from those of a traditional Formula car. They are significantly narrower and only about as big as normal car tires. However, they weigh much less and are all-weather tires that can be used on dry surfaces as well as in the rain. Because the chassis is the same in all Formula E cars, aerodynamics don't play a large role in the development process. But which parts of the car are the engineers still allowed to work on and refine? The drivetrain of the Formula E car is the area where we are free to continue our development work, explains Chioketti. But in the final analysis, it's not only the drivetrain. In connection with the drivetrain, we can also refine the electronics, the control system and the automobile software. The drivetrain, consisting of the battery and the electric motor, forms the heart of our Formula E car. Located between these two parts is what we call the inverter. It converts the direct current from the battery into alternating current and thus supplies the electric motor with energy. Season 2 was the first season during which we really could do our own development work, says Chioketti.
Back then, there were still big differences between the drivetrains of the various automakers. Today, we're about to start Season 6, and all the automakers have installed similar technologies in their drivetrains. Now, the only differences between them are fine details, such as the axle ratio, motor efficiency, transmission efficiency and packaging. In the drivetrain, the electric motor is supplied with power by the battery. Depending on how much power a driver wants from the Formula E car, more or less energy will be drawn from the battery. That's why various performance modes are available on the steering wheel of the Formula E car. The normal racing output is 200 kilowatt, about 270 horsepower. But 250 kilowatt, about 340 horsepower, is also available to the drivers for the qualification runs. The Formula E car of the Mercedes-Benz EQ Formula E team accelerates from 0 to 100 km per hour in 2.8 seconds. Incidentally, this is only 0.3 seconds more than a Formula One car and reaches a top speed of 280 km per hour. There's also the attack mode with an output of 235 kW, about 320 horsepower. However, the drivers are allowed to use the performance mode only to a limited extent. Before every race, the FIA determines how often and for how long the attack mode can be used during the particular race. The drivers are then obliged to use the additional power. If they don't, they will receive time penalties. To activate the attack mode, the driver must push the corresponding button on the steering wheel. Within the next five seconds, he must cover a defined section of the track that is outside the racing line. Before every race, the spectators can decide which drivers should receive the fan boost. The drivers they choose will be allowed to use 250 kilowatt of power, about 340 horsepower, for between two and a half and three seconds. The five drivers who get the most votes receive the fan boost and can use the extra burst of speed once during the race. For example, for a passing maneuver. The drivers are told that they have received a fan boost via radio during the race, and they can use this boost whenever they like. As a result of the various boosts, the drivers have varying amounts of battery energy available to them during the race. During the race, they have to make sure they will have enough energy in the battery to go the full distance. At the same time, they need enough energy to optimize their lap times. That's why energy management is one of the most important aspects when racing. At the beginning of a race, the team fully charges the battery, and cools it significantly below the outside temperature, to approximately between 10 and 20 degrees. During the race, the battery heats up considerably, and heat always means a loss of energy. If you've ever left your mobile phone lying in bright sunlight, you'll know what that means. A car battery cannot be recharged during the race, because there are no pit stops in Formula E. Not yet, says Tiochetti. The possibility of having them in the future is under discussion. Because recharging stops are not yet possible, the driver and the team constantly exchange energy consumption information during the race. The driver is told how much energy he still has available, as well as the team's recommendation about how to manage it optimally. However, it's ultimately the driver who decides how much energy he wants to use at which times. The driver can also improve his car's energy budget without having recourse to an external charger. He can use the braking procedure to recuperate energy. A Formula E car has both a hydraulic brake and an electric brake. The car recuperates energy during electrical braking using the motor. 
In this process, the electric motor acts as a generator that transforms the energy of the braking procedure into electrical energy for the battery. This recuperation process makes more energy available to the driver to supplement the energy supplied by the charging process before the race. Of course, recuperation is not possible at the start of the race. You can compare this to a full bathtub, Tioketio explains. When the bathtub is full, you can't add more water to it because it will overflow. The battery is in exactly this situation at the beginning of the race. When the battery is full, it can't take any more energy. So the driver can't recover the maximum amount of braking energy during the first five or six rounds because the battery just can't take up this energy. That's why energy management is especially important in these initial rounds of the race, so that not too much energy is lost. Only when the battery's charge level goes down in the course of the race can all of the energy from the braking procedure be regenerated. All of these factors are calculated by the Formula E team before the race so that the driver can use optimized energy management to achieve the best lap times. For example, we could suggest to our driver that he should use a certain amount of energy during the next round, says Tioketti. Heat is generated when energy flows into the battery or out of it. When the outside temperature is also high, the teams must take this into account when calculating their energy management strategy in order to prevent a loss of power. This calculation is necessary at temperatures of 72 degrees and above. That's why our team always works to keep the temperature of the battery below this level. As a result, when it's hot outside, the driver should recuperate less energy through braking, because the flow of energy into the battery generates additional heat. You develop a sensitivity to the outside temperature and the resulting temperature of the battery. Giochetti explains, For example, for every additional degree Celsius of the outside temperature, we calculate an increase of about 0.3 to 0.5 degrees in the battery temperature. We calculate all of that in advance and we give the driver the necessary information before the start of the race. Normally you would use X amount of energy from the battery and Y amount of additional energy as a result of recuperation. That gives the total amount of energy that is available for the race. Depending on the weather conditions, the driver must decide how much energy can be recuperated without ultimately losing more energy due to the additional heating than has been regained from the braking. Brake-by-wire is a system that makes it much easier for the drivers to manage their braking energy. This system, which manages the balance between the braking on the front and rear axle, is part of the software of the Formula E car. As mentioned before, the car has a hydraulic braking system as well as an electronic one. The electric braking is applied only to the rear axle. The hydraulic system breaks the front and rear axle, but it does not recuperate any energy. Because energy cannot be recuperated during the first few rounds of the race, the driver cannot use the electric brake at the beginning of the race. He must initially use the hydraulic brake which then shifts its hydraulic brake balance towards the rear. As the power recuperation increases in the course of the race, the balance of the hydraulic brake shifts more and more to the front, because the electric brake increasingly takes over braking the rear axle. The brake-by-wire system registers this process and controls the brake balance so that it remains well-balanced while simultaneously enabling maximum recuperation. For the most part, this happens automatically. As a result, the driver can influence the brake balance 
by means of changing the speed of the car and the pressure on the gas pedal, while the actual work is done by the system. That means less work for the driver, but the system still maintains an optimal energy recuperation thanks to the right brake balance. Is the formula for success therefore simply maximum recuperation, minimal energy loss and fast lap times? Not entirely. These calculations can sometimes go astray. We've also had cases where a Formula E car didn't reach the finish line because its battery was empty, says Franco Ciocchetti with a smile. All the same, one thing is certain. Even after 125 years of motorsports, the technology of car racing is far from being exhausted. The article was read by Priya, narrator at Narando.